0: Welcome to System Mastery, the podcast where each week we take a weird old book and figure out if its treasure type is A, some gems, a plus one sword, and an art piece worth 50 gold, or Q, a dumpster filled with burning hobo meat. This week, the volume on trial is Human Occupied Landfill, a sci-fi romp from Dirt Merchant Press, and there is no part of any of that that isn't deeply accurate. All this and more on today's System Mastery. Welcome back to System Mastery. As always, I'm Jeff, and my co-host John is here with me. How are you, John? So good. All right, well, I'm glad to hear that. This game is awful.
1: Yeah, no, it it is. It really lives up to its name.
0: Yeah, it really does. It belongs in a human-occupied landfill-occupied landfill. Yeah. Is where this game should should be. This belongs in a landfill occupied by the humans who made it. There you go. All right. So let's talk about the humans who made this thing because it's got an interesting lineage.
1: Well yeah. This is part of the black dog imprint from White Wolf, which if anyone doesn't know what that is, that is the the like for mature people only in White Wolf where White Wolf was already for matures. What else is in that imprint? Uh it's a bunch of non uh like not a lot of the vampire or werewolf or any of the mainline white wolf stuff really went to Black Dog. Yeah. But if it did, it was like a supplement that was all about, here's how vampires fuck. I feel like, because I, 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 for
0: example, know that there's a supplement out there for vampire that's like, this is what ghosts are like in Auschwitz. Oh, yeah. And it's like, okay, well, is that in your adult imprint? No. Maybe.
1: I don't believe so. I think it's just a regular vampire supplement. Yeah, the the Black Dog stuff... Actually, that one might even be in Black Dog. But it was mostly, it was supposed to be, like, this deals with mature content. So, the, like, the ghosts from Auschwitz would be a good fit for what they thought Black Dog would be. What it turned out to be was, this is the imprint where we put anything where someone wants to say fuck a lot.
0: Right, and that that definitely happens in this book. Yeah. There's a lot of cursing, and then there's also a lot of weird censoring. Yeah, they,
1: the weird thing about this game is, it... Fluctuates wildly on what it's trying to do. The game has like a lot of random weird uh excessive cursing and then will instead of saying ass, randomly say like your booty. Yeah. Or There's something a lot of, like, like
0: that. Run over and kiss the big sausage. You're like, okay, great. I get I know what that's supposed to be, but then it also says fucking kiss the big sausage, and you're like <laughs> what? Can't you just say fucking suck a dick? Is there yeah. Is there some reason that you can't do that? What happened?
1: Yeah, the <laughs> the whole thing is full of that. And it's also it so it, it wants to be. The sort of theme of this is very uh almost a parody of the four mature line games. Because mm-hmm. it's very much like, oh yeah, and everyone's a fucking badass and everyone kills everyone and everything sucks and it's grim dark nah, but, but it's, it's... funny because everyone's constantly dying yeah it's kind of like it's like
0: an rpg version of a ralph bakshi movie because <laughs> those movies are always like grim violence and like oh black wolf the wizard is angry at the young young elflings and will kill them with nazis and and then meanwhile there's characters walking around the screen making exaggerated cartoon boing noises
1: yeah it it wants to take the idea of like, the super grim, dark, serious face, almost like 40k, making fun of that. Mm-hmm. Except, it it ends up reveling in that a little too much, to the point where you go, I know you're trying to make a joke out of it, but then you spend, like, 20 pages giving us the backstory of your dumb setting, and you're really into it. It's kind of like that Lunatax thing, remember that? ha ha ha! Yes, I do. You do. I can tell because you're <laughs> laughing.
0: So for those who don't, Disney's Loonatics was an attempt in the early 2000s, I want to say, to rebrand the Looney Tunes as badass space heroes, <laughs> which they did by by taking like five or six of them, color coordinating them, and then
1: sending them out to fight space villains. Oh man, I don't I don't know who was behind that, but God bless them. And they're like, look we've we've got the Looney Tunes. These haven't been relevant since Space Jam. <laughs> yeah, Sometime Ooh. in the late 40s, these guys
0: lost relevance, and then Space Jam came along, and then here we are again. Yeah, they're like, okay, we gotta do something. What are the kids like these days? Oh, teams of things, I'm pretty sure. it's It's gotta be teams of things, and space, and primary colors. There we go, we're gonna make a super... Space... Team... Who's popular still? I don't know. Let's take a look at what shirts you can buy at Ross, basically, and then we'll make a we'll make te- a team out of that. So you've got uh, Tasmanian Devil, famously in like three original cartoons, but goddamn if they won't stop putting him on motorcycles. Hell yeah, for dude. shirts. Hey, he, he had, had his, his own, show. own show. I know. It's
1: Tasmania a, was amazing. It's a great show. There's nothing wrong with the Tasmania. His show. dad is my inspiration for life. Yeah, Taz's dad is my spirit animal. <laughs>
0: Nice glass old OJ. <laughs> <laughs> He's a great character.
1: But, uh, but then they
0: have like, it's Taz and both Wiley e. Coyote and Roadrunner are on the team. Which you'd think would make for some serious drama. Yeah, you'd think, but no. Instead, Wiley e. Coyote is, is, I believe the purple one. And his thing is that he invents stuff. And, uh, let's see, if I remember correctly, Roadrunner is the orange one and he is fast. Whee. There you go. That's it. But anyway, that's what this show is like. It takes a cartoon property and it tries to give them serious things to do. Like, imagine if the animaniacs had to, like, you know, do the
1: pro- the stuff that happens in Platoon. It's like if you made Jack, fucking Jack Bauer a cartoon character. You're like, here's 24, the cartoon, and he's gotta torture this guy, and every time he stabs him, he goes, blrrrr. Yeah, it doesn't actually, oh, I stabbed him until he sweat profusely. Yeah, no, it's just this weird, amalgam of two things that aren't really working and some of some of the humor is okay yeah there's in the very beginning it has uh the opening that you see in most of these games of okay what's a role-playing game oh yeah except this one does it way better and that it goes look there is no way that this is your first role-playing game i'm not going to explain what this is get the fuck out of here
0: i've wanted a game to do that for forever
1: and yeah so, so when i first came across that i was like holy shit nice Oh yeah, and because that was in the beginning, I was like, oh, this game's gonna be good. They're yeah. super meta.
0: They get it. And it is meta all the way through. Uh, but that's one of the rare times where, where they go meta in the right direction. You know what we've done for the past six minutes so far is forget to mention that this book is handwritten? Oh yeah. So, uh, everything in this
1: is handwritten. It, it's at times impossible to read. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of it, either ends up getting cramped on the page, or you get just a page with, like, five words on it. There's a lot of attempts by the by the author who,
0: whichever author is writing that horrible page to try and fix his spelling errors by doing that drawing an arrow in and adding the letter above. But then there's also just a lot of horrible spelling errors.
1: Yeah, in addition to that, one of the other few sort of joke things that kind of works because of the format is... If they misspell something or write something wrong in there, they cross out and they can make like a little note writing above it. Yeah, there's
0: one, like, for example, they, they did the, the man with no name character is one of the one of the, the pre-gen characters available in the book. And uh, they forgot to give him fighting as a skill. So at the end of the page, at the very bottom, it goes, oh yeah, fighting,
1: uh, he has it at rank 12. <laughs> yeah, so they, the the whole writing things out is an interesting gimmick but one that you generally want to reserve in most games for either, like, a fiction bit or a bit done from someone's point of view. Because usually in an RPG, if something's like a handwritten actual writing out, it will be something that's from a person.
0: Right. And and the basic aesthetic of the book... And again, yeah, all handwritten. I, I want to get this stressed properly. Most of you probably have heard of this thing, so you know what I'm talking about already. But there's no typography in this. There's no font. It's written in pretty much all caps, all the way across. And it's done with, like, a pen. And it's just photocopies of someone's pen writing. And the aesthetic is, this is someone's folder. Yeah. Like, like it's a trapper keeper or oh, something. Oh, it's
1: got that, like, written-on-the-bathroom-wall type look to yeah, it. Yeah, a like. lot of
0: bubble letters and, and you know, uh, impromptu logos on the middle of pages. And sections where they where the writing suddenly gets bigger and crazier to indicate
1: how serious this is. Oh, yeah. And all the art in this is basically just doodles that they did in the margins i can't
0: tell i gotta be honest i can't tell what three quarters of the art in this book is supposed to be
1: well it's because most of it the fact that it was just sort of done with a pen and then they had to copy that into the book like you get a lot of stuff that's just dark and you can't really see what's going on in there then you've got a bunch of stuff that's way too many lines being drawn or, or, or
0: they try to simplify it so much that it's just like a smiling face above a knife like, in a black background, there's just, like, a like a smile and two eyes above a knife, and it's like, yes, I'm... And then there's a joke underneath it that you're supposed to attach to that letter, and you, or that image, and you just can't. I have no idea what the hell any of that is. Also, there's these little monsters that are in the book that are everywhere. They're supposed to be called Wastems. Wastits. There's two of them. There's Wastems and Wastits. Wastums, your food. Wastits are basically the is from the Max, except that they actually attack you. Yeah. So, waste. They're, they're white ises.
1: Yeah, they're white ises. The... This has been uh, people talking about the Max. <laughs> hey, man the uh, the MTV television series for the Max was awesome. I'm not saying it's not awesome. Why do you think I remembered? Is, <laughs> dude, I read the comic books and watched the show. The Max was rad. If you haven't read the Max, I'm sorry you're never gonna find it. I'm sorry that we associated the Max with this.
0: <laughs> anyway, yeah. waste are basically walking around gummy bears. They're little food things. Uh they're 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 supposed to look like gummy bears. They're supposed to be full of pudding, and you can just eat them. And they wander around in their food. And they were the book's attempt to get food out of the way, so you don't really have to deal with it. Yeah, because yeah, they're, they're like, like,
1: well, what are you eating if you're on a landfill planet? And they're
0: like, ah, oh, there's an animal you this, eat it. We're little animals, and they're all over the universe, and anyone can just pick them up and eat them. A- except that they are so poorly drawn that I. And they mention them very early. There's there's a in the combat section. There's a rule for grabbing one and smacking at someone in the face with it. And they just say, oh yeah, these things are everywhere. Grab them and grab them, hit them in the face with it. And then you have to go all the way to the bestiary to figure out what the hell they are. Oh yeah, they
1: mention like, oh yeah, and I'll waste it. And in the combat section where it's like, grab a guy and waste it in the face. And you're like, is that with What is, am I, am I swearing poop on him? Is that a euphemism? Is wasting it in the face a thing? Like, it's is a, that a, a... It's a porn thing. I know that's, that's definite. Yeah, am I, am I giving someone a money shot? Am I
0: rolling to money shot? Yeah, that's exactly what it is. But no, they're these stupid little teddy bears. And there are drawings of them, but the drawings are completely unrecognizable. They're just a massive lines and dots. They don't look like anything.
1: No, it looks like someone just went, Oh, I put two, like, oblong shapes, uh, and an eyes on there. I don't know. It yeah. just, it's terrible.
0: Alright. It, yeah, it's, it's, it's infuriating. And, uh, anyway, it, it tries to get started on explaining how the game is going to be played. And the first rule of this game, the very first rule that you need to in- incorporate is that the holmeister, which is the human occupied landfill meister, okay. so the holmeister can cheat and should cheat and cheats often.
1: Yep, and that's Even even in the beginning when it's talking about it, it's like, "Okay, there's going to be a section for the players and then another section that's for the holmeister only." And don't you idiot plebs look at that. That's only for the holmeister and uh pizza watch Pizza Watch, every third page mentions
0: Holmeister Pizza.
1: Oh yeah, this, it has been a while since we have mentioned the DM's Pizza Watch. Yeah. Oh man, this brought it back in a big way.
0: Yeah, this, there's a lot of, I wonder what the first book to make the DM pizza reference was so that all the other ones could just keep copying it and who, which one is not being a derivative hack work when it keeps mentioning pizza?
1: Yeah, I gotta wonder what was the first book out there that was like, you know what, we usually have pizza at these things. I'm gonna write down that like, I'm sure other people have that. Don't don't touch the DM's pizza. And then everyone else read that and went, yeah, that's a funny thing. I really want to do a game. If we ever write our
0: own RPG, I'm going to put in highbrow food because we always, like, have someone who wants to cook at our games. And we'll be like, yeah, don't touch the DM's tri-tip. <laughs> Stay away from that pork loin medallion. <laughs> that's exactly what's going to happen. <laughs> I want people to get that. That's what I want. But anyway... The whole Meister can cheat, and to the str- to stress exactly how much the whole Meister can cheat, the first time this game gives you any examples of play, it's the little combat section, and it reads it's the most trite reading. It's because impo- it's it's all done in that kind of faux badass faux cartoon style, because the whole
1: book is written in the voice of. Yeah, fucking, you're gonna want to hit a guy, maybe you'll hit him and it'll fucking explode, but I don't know, this is some shit. Oh, yeah. It's, the whole book reads like, like a really angry
0: 15-year-old who just got grounded for cursing, went in his room, and wrote Road Rover's fan fiction. And
1: the problem is, I have such a hard time with this book because I know that that's sort of what they were going for in their parody genre, except when you do literally the entire book in that voice, it stops being a parody and starts being just the voice of your book. Right. It's the same thing of, yeah, you can try and be ironically an asshole, but if you're ironically an asshole all the time, you're just an asshole. Anyway,
0: the yeah. It, the So the, the story starts with this one guy, and he lands on the planet, and he pokes another guy in the back to ask him for directions. But oh no, that guy's a special kind of guy. He's like a gardener or a janitor or something, and you don't mess with those on this planet. So he turns around and tries to hit the player character with a girder. And there's a whole bunch of just just so you know, there's a lot of layered descriptions about how he's an ugly Hulk, a muscle and muscle uh, ugly Hulk, and he's smiling, and he's an awkward ape man, ape awkward man, and 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 he keeps trying, and and but then the the Holmeister rolls to hit with the girder and misses, and then the the description is fuck, I'm gonna roll this again, misses, fuck, I'm gonna roll this again, and he rolls until he gets an eleven and hits the player. Yep.
1: That's that is how this works in this game is they we've talked about the adversarial DM thing, but this is straight up codified you should be cheating. And and not cheating in secret, not behind a game master screen.
0: It's not just I rolled dice and then said, Oh, I got an eleven. Yeah. It's roll in front of them until they see you roll an eleven. And that's the whole it's like they don't want you to play it. It's like this is supposed to be like an art installation or something, and the whole point of the game is Look at this game, try it for five
1: seconds, determine it's terrible, go get some Taco Bell. Like, and again, if this was a sort of standalone type game that was just, like, done for a larf, and they're like, oh, we did a funny, stupid thing that you're not supposed to do, okay, I would understand a lot more than this, but they put out fucking supplements for this. Oh yeah,
0: they took this game seriously. There's more than one supplement out there for the Human Occupied Landfill. And, and what that means is that you're supposed to be able to play this stupid thing. I, I guess maybe in the supplements they're like, hey, remember how we said constantly cheat on your players so that they never accomplish anything and their die rolls are meaningless? Yeah, don't.
1: And then, it also, it waffles so hard on this. Because, it then at another point in the book is like, hey man, uh, you should fuck up your players a lot, but don't kill them. Don't, don't just murder your players. You should keep them alive or else they won't be having fun. And I'm like, they're not going to be having fun if you're sitting there fucking with them the whole time.
0: There's also a, a section where it, it discusses the grace of God rule, where you're supposed to roll a d6, and that's the number of times that you let your player, in secret, as the Holmeister, you roll a d6, you don't tell your players what you rolled, and the value of that you rolled is the number of times that God saves their lives.
1: Yeah, you can just say, alright, I fucked up, I'm using a grace of God point. And then you just use that, and then you don't die, or you succeed, or whatever. Right. Sort of like the brownie points from other games. Yeah.
0: Here's here's what I wanted to stress about it, though. So the Holmeister rolls these stupid things in secret, and then the section in the book that's talking about these is like, look, sometimes your dumbass idiot plebe players who were bullshit fuckheads are going to accidentally find themselves in dumbass death situations. Like, maybe they'll be tied up hanging outside a spaceship flying through the gear nebula. And I'm thinking... No, they didn't do that. You did that. You did that, Holmeister. You're setting the scene. Yeah.
1: Also, so once you run out, as soon as you've run out and someone goes, I want to use a Grace of God point because, again, they don't know how many they have. Yeah. If someone tries to use a point after they've run out, then you double fuck the players. Yeah,
0: you extra kill them. So there's a lot of these things where it's like, don't kill them. There's a lot of ways to let them be out of being killed. Except every weapon in the game does fucking lethal damage. Or more. It's crazy how much damage everything does. Oh, yeah. And, uh, there's, uh, armor is fucking pointless. You look at the, uh, the pre-gen characters and they're always like, oh, what are you wearing? He's got like a duster on and, and, and a, uh, vest. What's his armor? Ten! What? That's, that says that you're literally inside of a sphere of solid steel. That's what ten armor is. Why, why did you give him a ten armor? Uh, who cares? Fuck it, move along. Yeah. It, it's just, it, it just keeps going like that. So, it, the whole game keep, cons- consistently flas- or, gosh damn, flagellates between, uh, being... I think you mean vacillates. Vacillates. Thank you. There you go. You. Know.
1: No, vagilates. <laughs> yeah. It constantly vagilates. If, if you're not feeling fresh, try vagilate. <laughs> it flagellates, like a, like the cilia of a white yeah, It flagellations itself. Yeah. It feels really bad about what it's done, and so it whips itself. Oh, I just, I'm so angry at this game, it's making me dumb. Okay. <laughs> yeah, okay. And it, okay. So another, another, uh, part where the game ends up doing that whole, like, Uh, says one thing and then says another thing that is exactly the opposite of it, is it has a lot of stuff in there that's all about, like, how awesome your character should be and how much, like, everyone on the human-occupied landfill is some weird, unique guy. And it's all pre-gens.
0: Oh, yeah, there's no character creation in this book.
1: That's a famous thing that a lot of our Twitter
0: uh, followers and so on alerted us to because of our bonus Patreon content. There is no uh character creation in this. To to create a human occupied landfill character, you need their supplement which is called buttery wholesomeness. Oh boy. Yeah, no,
1: fuck you. I'm not buying your dumb supplement. Yeah. And even then, the book itself says earlier, oh yeah, uh we've only got pre-gen characters, but in the uh HM section, we'll give you some guidelines for how to make a character. No they don't. They kind of they almost kind of sort of do. There's a section that says, yeah, we know you're going to want to make
0: your own character. Just ask your Holmeister and he'll what, tell, give him your idea of what your character is, and he'll tell you what your stats are.
1: Yeah, but it doesn't give you a guideline for, here's how you would make a character. No, it's just, just, your Holmeister will say, uh, these are your stats, there you go. It basically says, get the gist of how
0: the game looks, and then do it, just do it yourself. It, which is all right. I mean, because again, on that same page, it's like, look, we figure you can figure this shit out, because you're probably
1: an experienced player. Yeah, again... There's so many things in this that if they were divorced from the game, would be great. Yeah. But they're not. They're right there in the middle. Yep. They're
0: right there, in, right after a section where they, they uh, try to prove that they were writing this in a restaurant by getting the IHOP waitress to sign the page. <laughs> Good job, guys. Yeah. That was, that was a funny moment, but it doesn't really help me figure the game out. There's also one page in the book that's just a single type-faced word
1: in the middle of the page. Yep. It's... Huh. Yeah. The layout in this is impossible. Speaking of the layout being impossible, there's the chart for how you actually succeed at things, and it's just turned sideways, which is <laughs> randomly done throughout the book. They'll just take a page and turn it sideways. It's because the thing was written on, like, printer paper or something, so, so they had to turn it so they could write landscape for one page. Great. Thanks for making me turn your book around, or on a PDF just have to... Either crane my neck or turn it around and then turn it back around. Yeah.
0: Why don't we talk about the basic mechanic of the game? Cause we've gotten pretty far in just being angry at it. And okay. we haven't, we, so far we haven't talked about the setting or the rules. All right. So, rules real quick. There are five stats or something and they are gray Mata. And that's not spelled with an ER at the end and it's one word. So, yep. just to get you across what, what this is. Gray Mata. And then also meat, feats,
1: mouth, and nuts. There you go. Those will all be some numbers. Who fucking knows what the maximum or the minimum
0: is? Uh, The maximum is 10 and the minimum is negative (laughs) two. I actually, I I spent a lot of time poring over this goddamn thing. Although they break those maximums and minimums in the pre-gen characters. Yes, they
1: do. Which is why they say it and I'm like, yeah, but that isn't actually your max or min's it's just whatever the fuck anyone yeah. wants to decide they on. put in maximums and minimums in a game where
0: you couldn't have those stats anyway cuz there's no character generation they listed what the maximums and minimums are and then they ignored them anyway yeah so they put maximum minimums in a game where you can't decide to use it it's yeah. amazing it's it's incredible it's it's a feat of meta genius i i, I wish uh, okay so uh negative 2 to positive 10 and you're going to take those stats and usually they're they're between like 5 and 7 you roll, for everything in the game, you... It's 2d6. 2d6, plus your stat, plus a relevant skill. And do you remember how much we complained about uh, Tales from the Floating Vagabond and Buffy the Vampire Slayer and so on, when the skills have long, stupid names? Why, yes, I do remember that. Why do you bring that up? Because the skills in this game have things like pound people with your fist until they stop living and start being dead. Yep. They get full
1: sentences for their dumb skill names. Yeah. And sometimes for no reason, sometimes it makes it so you can't tell what that skill is. And sometimes, like, for the melee skill, essentially, it's hitting things with a, and then it's a blank, and so then you have to pick really, really quite big thing. Oh
0: god, because this uses that abstracted sizes and ranges charts. That are designed to be hard to understand and uh, and complicated? Oh yeah,
1: it's, I've got a knife, but that's not a small weapon, that's a really night, not quite so large weapon.
0: Yeah, and if it was one size up, it would be a really not quite, but still pretty large weapon. Yeah, it's the fucking most annoying thing. Which, I, I have to assume that's on purpose, because, you know, the ranges are things like pretty far, pretty really far, really really far, really really pretty far now, that's quite far...
1: And then getting closer to you, it's really, really not pretty far away. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, the... Extremely not far away now. Yeah. I I cannot stand that. And I know they were doing it for a comedy thing in the same way that fucking every one of the game systems that uses that terminology is trying to do, except it's terrible. There's a... Okay, I'm just going to say this right now. If you're doing a comedy RPG... Leave the comedy in your setting, or in the way you describe things in your book, or in the way your characters interact, but don't put it into your fucking rules. I'm trying to play a game with your goddamn rules, and if you make it annoying, I'm not playing your game. Yeah, imagine if it was like Comedy Monopoly, and you were to land on, like, the the space that you can't leave if you got sent here by a card instead of jail. And you had to say it every time, you're like, oh... Do not pass the place where you get some money, cause that's super cool when that happens, and go directly to the place where you have to stay, cause you're a jailbird now. Oh my god, shut up. Oh, cr- sweet, I landed on the good railroad,
0: but not the really good railroad, it's an okay railroad.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Just, god damn it. Yeah. It's so aggravating, and, and you know, I know that players who played this game, and I'm sure there are several, just abstracted all that shit out of the way. Oh yeah, they're like,
1: they're like, you're at range band one, or two, yeah, or three. Or
0: they just did it by the bonus or penalty it, it, it uh, applied. Oh, yeah. You just uh What's short your range? it to... Minus two. Yeah, alright, I'm at plus three to hit. So Gratz, you, you filled your book up with horrible jokes that you know were going to be ignored immediately. And it's the same thing with the skills, and the skills, all of them are stuff like that. Like, you can't just have a repair skill. It's repair toasters and other things. Yep. You can't have martial arts. It's that psycho Bruce Lee shit.
1: Yeah, the whole thing. I don't think there's a single skill that is a one word thing.
0: No, there there isn't. And some of the skills are interesting in that they exist at all. Like the one that's, uh, pound concepts into their fist with your, or your, their head with your fist. I thought that was kind of a neat skill. It's, it, I can punch someone until they know what I'm talking about. Yeah, you, you can non-verbally punch ideas into someone. It only exists because one of the pre-gen characters you can choose from has his mouth sewn shut.
1: Yeah, so he has to slap people so they know what he wants. So I I thought
0: it was impressive because I was like, "Oh, that's a neat skill." But then you get to the pre-gen characters and you see that guy, and you're like, "Oh, that's why."
1: Yeah, you didn't think this was super cool. It's you had a pre-gen character that required it.
0: Yeah. Oh, good. Well, I'm not as impressed now. So, Uh, but yeah, there's some, but there's a bunch of skills. Each one of them tied to one of the stats, which again are gray matter, meat, feats, nuts, and mouth. And uh the skills range the same way, from like 2 to 7 or so. So you add those two numbers together, the the relevant stat. Like, let's say you wanted to make a repair toasters and other things roll. You'd roll 2d6, add your gray matter, and then add your skill. And then you compare it against a chart, and the chart is not a chart based on difficulty. Instead, you get a penalty for your difficulty. So if something is really not particularly, but pretty hard, but not hard, then uh, you might get a skill penalty of minus 2, so you go 2d6, plus gray matter plus skill, minus penalty. Then you compare it
1: against this here chart. Yep. And, and the chart is goes from rolling... It's what you uh, got for your total. But if you roll a 2, it is a failure. And a 12, instead of being a success, is you just roll another die and add it.
0: Yeah, and that's a natural 12, not a modified 12.
1: Yeah. So uh, when you roll your natural 12 you're going, oh, sweet, so success in this is a 15. So if you roll a 12 and you get to roll again, you're going to have at least a 13, which means if you even have a 1 in the skill and a stat, then you'll probably at least marginally succeed. Uh, but it has uh, successes that range from 20 to 25. If you go super successful, you get a plus 1 to your stat uh, for a few turns. And if you get a 26 or up, you get plus 3 to the stat. Okay, that's that's fine. But if you roll and you get, like, a 14 or less, you failed. If you got a 3 through 8 as a fail, you just lose your next turn, you get to not do anything. Right. And if you roll snake eyes, you fuck up, lose, like, a d6 actions, and the, uh, the Whatever. HM is Encouraged to do something nasty to you, right?
0: So you have a critical failure, and it literally says you
1: lose utter fuck up, miss
0: one d six actions plus whatever agony the Holmeister wishes to inflict on you. Now, John, one time I was over at your parents' house, and we played a game, and uh, that game was Doctor. And I wanted to bring that up on the air because I feel like you raped me, John.
1: <laughs> No, we played some DVD board game, and can you tell me yes. what that was called? It was called Atmosphere. At- it was it- based on the old Nightmare board game. Uh-huh. If anyone knows what I'm talking about, yeah. it's rad as fuck, and you can shut up.
0: No, no. I don't wanna- <laughs> Atmosphere was this board game where you get to watch a DVD of a guy dressed like a one-appearance Buffy demon. Yep. And uh, he basically just tells people to, uh, he-, he basically spends a lot of time doing kind of comedic terror insults. And uh, telling people to roll dice and try to get keys and then stand on doors and so on in a, on a board game that you're also playing. Now, that sounds really awesome, but what he mostly did was tell people to skip a turn. Like, like every single time he talked, he was like, You. Who among you is the oldest? You lose your next turn. And it was like, oh, fuck. Because there's nothing more fun in a game than not playing it. Yep. So,
1: this game has a huge chance, constantly, of you just losing all your turns. Yeah. Because as much as the uh rolling your 2D6... Getting Snake Eyes or a 12 is less likely than rolling a natural 1 or 20. Mm -hmm. But if it happens, you're rolling the natural 12 is just, oh, I'll probably succeed. Rolling the Snake Eyes, though, is you don't get to play for a while. Also, I'm probably going to have, like, a giant space girder fly through the air and smack you in the face. It's just, it... (sighs) Losing turns
0: is the dumbest mechanic. They took it out of D&D. They took, remember that ghouls used to literally paralyze
1: you and you'd lose several turns because you were oh, just yeah. standing there? Yeah, you remember how that happened in D&D 5th edition? How they brought that back yeah. for ghouls to paralyze you so you can't do anything? One of my favorite things I've ever read is
0: in the 1st edition D&D uh, Dungeon Master Guide. They have a description of play. And it's got one character goes to look in a hole and is immediately paralyzed by ghouls and pulled out and killed. I was like, "Well, that's great gameplay right there." Your character—what's the first thing your character ever does? He looks in a hole and he gets pulled out and killed.
1: (laughs) For for the your temerity of daring to look in this hole, I have murdered you.
0: Yeah, spend an hour making another character and get back in here. Also, make him lower level. (laughs) Nah, but anyway, that—that's losing a turn is like the dumbest thing in a game because it just takes. There's nothing that's going to make your players want to stop playing more than you telling them not to play.
1: Well, yeah, that's the quickest way to get any player to go. Uh, alright, I'm gonna be on my phone fucking around. Yeah. You, you know let me know when my turn comes back again. I, I assume you have Mario Kart. You
0: seem like the Mario Kart half and type I'll be over there with Mario Kart. If you want to know what I'm
1: doing, it's probably nothing, or, I don't know, roll for me.
0: Yeah. That's fine. I will start yelling at you from the living room. Yeah. That's what's gonna happen. That's what happens whenever you put a game in
1: that has a turn loss. And they have it codified into this thing. Oh, yeah. And it's not even just... If you rolled Snake Eyes. Like, that's fucking annoying and would be terrible even by itself. But if you get a 3 to 8 failure, it's losing your next turn anyway. Which seems unlikely because you have to add your stat and your skill. But since the Holmeister is encouraged to put huge stupid penalties on things. In addition, all of the pre-gen characters have like one or two of the five stats that they're good at. And then like, oh, what's the meat on the nerd pre-gen character? Like, one. Yeah. Okay, great. And what is his skills in any of the meat-based skills? Zero, he just doesn't have them. So if you're like, hey man, uh, you're trying to run away from a thing, you're super tired, make a meat check to see if you pass out. Oh, he's going to fucking fail that. Yeah. Like, he will, one, not have an endurance skill, and two, has a meat of one, which means his average role is to fail and lose his next turn. Yeah. Great. Luckily, the
0: nerd pregen character has a special ability... Which is that anytime he gets into combat, he just wanders off and doesn't participate in the combat and doesn't take any damage. He's the worst pre-gen there is. Yeah,
1: he has, like, a Grey Mata of 10, he can make whatever, and then in combat, because he's fucking useless, his special ability is, oh, he's super lucky and things that would hit him don't. And he, oh, but also, he gets so, he closes his eyes... And
0: wanders around with his fist clenched. He doesn't swing at anybody. He cannot participate in combats. He's too
1: scared. Yeah. So he just wanders around during the combat, but is invincible. His, his luck only lasts for as long as you aren't participating. You have to close your eyes and say like, mommy, I don't want this over yeah. and over again.
0: The nerd, the nerd pregen character is one of the worst things in the book. It's insulting to its own, the book's own fan base. It's like, all nerds are drippy, gross guys, and they have an armor class provided by their sit, by their, uh- Pocket protector. Well, no, by their acne. It's, oh, yeah. It's, it says that he has extra crusty acne. It's like, oh, come on. D- what, what, I, I, okay. I, I assume that this book is from a time period where nerd- where the, uh, the, the appearance of nerds was still based on revenge
1: of the nerds. Yeah. Which, great, whatever. Yeah,
0: I don't care. Alright. So that's basically how you build your character. You, those are the only stats you need. You also have, uh, your gender, your age, and they have one that's like your alignment, but it's, it, you're, I don't know, it's on all the uh, pre-gen characters, it just says like bent, and it's, it's always fucked up, but. Oh yeah, so you
1: have a, every character is fucked up, but, and then a way their personality is, so it's like, I'm fucked up, but kind, or I'm fucked up, but also psychopathic, or right. whatever it, it, it is. It's supposed
0: to explain why you're on the planet. The gender, by the way, is always male.
1: Yeah, and they have an entire section page. of okay, why aren't there any ladies here? Which, okay, they're like, because we aren't women and we don't want to try and put women in here because we think we would fuck it up. So if you want to have a lady, go for it. I'm sure every woman in whole is a CEO or an awesome scientist. Do whatever you want. And I'm like, all right, at least that's not the worst thing I've heard. It's it's
0: pretty sexist. I mean, I, I hate to tell them that that their attempt to make the, to explain away their sexism by saying it's because they're super not sexist is it you know I'm bad. double plus
1: not sexist. But it's
0: it's pretty sexist to be like, oh no, all women in this universe are rad and awesome, and uh, also because they're not
1: funny, they don't get to be here on Funny Present Planet. They're off being serious and interesting. Well, also because they mention like, ah, oh, because you know we couldn't draw a lady without it being huge tits, and you're like, thanks guys. Yeah,
0: that's you know it's not hard. You just don't add the bumps. <laughs> You're good to go. And, and, uh, I don't know, that whole, that whole page read to me the wrong way. Like, I know they were like, well, we just didn't want to put him in this gross game because it'd be sexist to put him in here. Nope. You could have put in one gross,
1: dirty woman and you would have been fine. Yeah, I mean, if you want to just put, like, large Marge in there and she's a space trucker and she'll beat the shit out of you, great. Turns out women can be nasty,
0: dirty, funny criminals. That's a thing that can happen. That is definitely a thing you can do. So instead of saying that that's impossible, what they should have just said is owned up to it and said, we can't think of funny women because we suck. (laughs) And, And then just moved on from there. Instead of being like, it's because women are great. There's nothing worse than noble sexism.
1: Oh yeah, it's, well, I'm not sexist because I think all women are pristine objects that should be put on a pedestal. Yes, I'm not sexist
0: because I worship the altar of the mother goddess. Just, no, shut up. Women are allowed to be nasty, dirty brutes. It happens constantly. Everyone's a person. Everyone sucks. Anyone who's ever lived with a woman knows. <laughs> they are going to stink things up, They're and gro- you're going to be like, hey, man. They're gross trash monsters, <laughs> just like everyone. <laughs> uh, uh, anyway, so there you go. And then it doesn't like matters. The way that there's no women in this game is that there are seven pre-gen characters. Yep. And, uh, you wanna go through those real quick? Do you remember? Let's see how many I can remember off okay, the top of our heads. So, we've got the nerd we've discussed. Yeah, Eugene Spinkler. Cause, Jesus Christ. Yeah. And he is, his image is gross, crusty Egon Spangler, which is why his name is Eugene Spinkler.
1: Yep, all of them are dumb, uh, either parodies of a character, like Roarin' Nad. Yeah, the Silver Surfer, who instead
0: is the Man of Zinc. Yep. And, uh, we get... The man with no name. Yeah, the man with no name. We get Lead Pipe. Lead Pipe is an eight-year-old boy with... with a giant gun. A giant gun, yeah. And, and he a... looks like Binkley from, uh, from Bloom County. Yeah. I, like, the first time I saw him, I was like, oh, I wonder if that's supposed to be Binkley from Bloom County. But there's no jokes about that that would,
1: that would connect it. No. I have no idea what Lead Pipe is supposed to fucking be anyway. I think they were just like, well, we have a little... We want to make a little kid character because it's hilarious if a little kid has the biggest gun. And then they went... All right. Well, what do we name him? They couldn't think of an actual reference, so they just went. His name is Led P I G H P. Oh, They do that a
0: lot. A lot of the th- a lot of the fun stuff in this book is done by by comically respelling words so that they they look slightly different. It's like they just finished re- reading an old Richard Letterer novel or something, like, and they were like they were like Yeah, uh, you can spell fish as G H O T I. So, uh, okay, so Lead Pipe, the stupid nerd, the child rapist
1: priest. Oh yeah, which, it doesn't go, yes, he l- literally rapes children, but he always has a kid with him. Which, by the way,
0: is impossible, because under Lead Pipe's description, they say that he's the only kid on the planet that's that, that or around that age, because he's murdering all the other ones.
1: Yeah, except you also have a pre-gen character that comes as part of his character and special ability, always has a kid and has the
0: his special ability is summon 3d6 young boys by softly cooing yeah Ye- yeah and if you actually try to go through and read his character description which oh, yeah. is infuriating it's him it's, it's just a bunch of sex jokes it's a, it's just a bunch of oh i like to bring the little boys to their knees before the lord and i will once they're there i'll place my hand on their shoulder and guide them towards salvation my salvation
1: yeah it's, no the whole thing is repellent it's untenable
0: it is the worst right after that horrible nerd series of nerd jokes and then so you've got let's see a useless nerd a a little kid with a giant gun you've uh, got a
1: big slab of meat with his mouth sewn shut and his
0: name is or something yeah it's is his name and he's i couldn't even understand his backstory he's he's a huge man with his mouth sewn shut and he's nice but he's just a huge muscle guy who can't talk You've got, uh, a, a man with no name ripoff. You have Elvis himself. Yeah. And he's just Elvis, and there's not really a whole lot of jokes to that. Nope. Uh, there's the, there's the Wear Man. Something the Wear Man, and it says he's a normal guy. He looks like a, like Johnny Gat from the, uh. Oh, yeah. He looks like Johnny Gat from the, what, what, what game is that? The, the Saints Row. Saints Row. Uh, except he's, uh, got a, it says that during a full moon, he turns into a combination of Andrew Dice Clay, and a few more guys who are similar to Andrew Dice Clay. Yeah. And he gets a really hairy neck. That's so, it. So I guess he's a joke about, like, stand-up comics and lecherous Italians. I guess. I don't know. He's, but he's not even a dwarf. So, I mean... Uh, yeah, we all established at this point that dwarves are Italian-American. I like to think that that has dramatically caught on, and there's a lot of those at gaming tables now. Yeah. I, I personally would think that if we could bring down the RPGA by, by forcing everyone to play Italian dwarves, <laughs> that that would be a win for us. Yeah, I would put that in the win column. Uh, yes, me too. I can't even remember the other ones. There's, there's one that's like a badass space e- executor hero. Like the kind, that looks like one of the, these guys played like, uh, some Imperial Guard from 40k. Cause he's got like the, the big wide brim hat and the gun that shoots hellfire and so on. There's one of those.
1: Yeah. It's, uh, it's a bunch of dumb, uh, references or stereotypes of things. And the, yeah, and then they all get their dumb stats and skills
0: and a special ability, which there's no rules for. They just, oh yeah.
1: It's also, they're just like, oh, each of them has a thing that they can all do whenever, and that's not a thing you've brought up. The the worst one being the m-f-m-f-m guy, whose special ability is that he is
0: very nice considering his his bad situation. Great. Thanks. Thanks for that. That's a personality trait. That's not a special ability. Uh, whatever. And then, after that, after you have to pick between one of these abhorrent, stupid, uh, pre-gen characters... And I'm not saying they're abhorrent because in the way that the book wanted them to be abhorrent, which is, oh, these are gross malcontents and mutants from the poop planet. They're just stupid.
1: Yeah. They're either dumb or offensive. Yes. It's so. either like, oh, you made a guy that is literally just Elvis or the man with no name. Great. Whatever. It's,
0: it looks like the cast of characters from one of those PlayStation 1 games about driving cars into other cars.
1: Oh yeah. This is, this is pretty much an even worse version of Twisted Metal.
0: Yeah. And there are rules for that. There are rules in this game for playing as, like, bikers or pilots or something. Yeah, because it has
1: a bunch of rules for ships and what those stats are, but it's how big its hull is and it's big or real big yeah. or really, really big. And
0: then they have a stat for hull value, which is, like, a hull points ability or something. Yeah. as one word. I don't know. It's not... It, I, I skimmed it
1: because it was stupid. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, um... So, the setting. We the haven't setting. even talked about the setting. Jesus.
0: Yeah, let's get into the setting because we've, we've got a few minutes left here and uh, we really should...
1: I had to write this down, because this book has way too much setting. Oh yeah, for a book that is supposed to be a dumb comedy thing about a trash planet where you play a gross mutant, it has fucking 20-odd pages of like, oh, and then in this year this happened, and then in this year this person became the emperor of whatever, and then in this year...
0: Well, you get a real sense near the end of this book where they're going through the setting stuff that there was a minimum page count they had to hit. Like, they were like, you cannot publish this book if it doesn't have at least 200 pages in it, so you just need to keep adding stuff. And they were like, well, we've written ourselves into a corner with the rules, because there isn't a page in the rules where we don't berate players for needing more stuff. We just go, a real player wouldn't even need this nonsense, so we're not going to give you stats for what that does. So they were like, well, I guess we'll just add a complicated thousand-year cosmology. Yeah. So... I just want to run through a list, and and I'm just going to run their names through and see if John can remember who they are and what they do. Yep. Because I have the list of organizations that are at play in this game. Yep. All right, John, what is the cow? Cow
1: is the Confederacy of Worlds? Alright, and who runs the cow? Uh, Emperor... like, something with an R. Rupert.
0: Rupert, that's it. Emperor Rupert the Ninth, and we get information about Emperor Rupert's 1 through 8 as well, in case you wanted that. Oh yeah, well, the information on Emperor Rupert the First is, uh, at some point he was like, this sucks, and he took over the universe. There you go. They wrote him as a simple carpenter's son who would rise to take over the universe in one of the occasional little weird religious jabs in the book yeah okay then the there's also an Inquisition that's attached to Rupert the ninth he has his own Inquisition he runs which is just like the uh Inquisition in
1: 40k yeah they I I have to imagine their entire Empire thing here was kind of taking from that there's a lot of 40k influence yeah. in this book like a ton There's a lot of shots. Especially uh, the church as well has like those little purity seal type things on guys. That's the next one, in fact. Uh, Tell me about the church in the game. Uh, The church is run by
0: the space pope. Yeah, he's not a crocodile because this predates Futurama, I assume. Yeah, Uh, but he is a big fat pope guy. And then there's a whole lot of secondary influence in the church because it's also a McDonald's.
1: Yeah, they decided that the only way that they could actually get people to show up to church and make a profit... Is to turn the church into a fast food joint. So they all wear a holy symbol called a sponk,
0: which is part onk and part spork, which is where that name comes from. Yay! And uh, that is where that why you have that child rapist priest guy is one of the pregens is because he's the he's a member of this church. There you go. Okay, next one. Who are the flesh tenders? I don't know. They're basically human versions of the 40k Dark Eldar. Oh, good. Their response they they kind of break the game a little bit because the whole thing about the game is you're supposed to play as a hideous gross mutant with a bunch of stupid pustules and boils all over you like like a drippy version of uh the carrot the war boys from uh mad max yeah you're basically just playing as toxic avenger characters or or the toxic avenger cartoon show that they made that 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 one uh except that it's not radiation and mutation it's these fucking flesh tender guys Anyone who's a cool mutant, any race of interesting aliens or something was actually made by these idiots. Great. They live underground and they actually like living on the human occupied landfill planet cuz it lets them have more test subjects.
1: We All right.
0: Okay, next one. What is PIG? Uh, I don't know what it stands for. Uh, neither do I. I know it's the lawyers
1: though. Yeah, I don't I don't know if the it stands for anything or if it's just lawyers or pigs, which is weird, because normally you would associate that with cops. Right. It's,
0: I know the, it's, it's, uh, something to do with insurance. The middle, the, the I stands for insurance. So it's like the something insurance group. Because they are ambulance chasing lawyers who constantly try to sue other people. And they are very prevalent on HOL because they were outlawed from the rest of the universe. It is a single page about them that is nothing but lawyer jokes. Hooray. Yeah. So if you wanted a bunch of lawyer jokes, there you have it.
1: The next one is slug handlers. Yeah, which jump slugs is how humanity got into space. Yeah, and it's a stupid convoluted
0: thing. They're these slugs that want to fuck so much that if you put two of them in a room, they will get to each other to start fucking at light speed. And you can harness the energy from their movement to move your own ship at above light speed. Yep. That's, That's what that's all about. Then you've also got the dump technicians, which I'm not even going to keep playing this game. The dump technicians are space janitors. Their page is nothing but a bunch of jokes about unions. Yep. Then you've got the Dickens Boys, which is a kind of fleet of library trucks. Uh, they are kind of like the Rebellion. They want, cause the COW doesn't like books, and these guys go around and try to get books to people. And, uh, their page is a bunch of jokes about library, uh, fees. Yay. Uh, then you've got the Sodomy Bikers. Oh, oh good. The Sodomy Bikers are the reavers of this game. They're gross, evil bikers. They don't actually mention sodomy anywhere except in their name, but they do describe them as being gross and, Like, they'll do anything for a price, but you never know what that price is going to be. Yeah. So, probably (laughs) so. Right. And then finally, the stupidest one, the followers of the sacred hairpiece. Remember that at all? No, I think by the
1: time I got to that, I just stopped caring. That's the disco cult. Uh,
0: okay. They live on planet Travolta 4, and they all dance, and they like to boogie. Ugh, God. Yeah, so there you go. Those are the groups. Oh my god this is infuriating. It's it's pages out of pages about information about all these stupid groups and none of
1: it's relevant and all of it is just terrible schlock jokes. Yep. And it's not even like, oh we made up this cool joke. 90% of the shit in here is, "Hey, we made a reference to this thing. Do you remember you you remember that? Do you remember this thing? Remember how Travolta was in Saturday Night Fever, you guys? You guys, you huh? guys remember that? You remember how like 20 years ago when this was written that was so now it's, like, 35 years ago or whatever. Or it's just an unrelated penis
0: joke. Like, you know, for example, the librarian people are from the planet Blow My Wad 4. Oh, good. Right, so, there you go. Ugh, okay. Then you've got, uh, there's a bunch of locations on the actual Holmeister, or yeah. the whole planet itself. Including things like the Diaper Swamp. Which, you, I actually kind of like this part. Because it's like, okay, what would be on a, it? you know, you call it a landfill planet, but let's commit. Is it actually a huge planet of garbage? And yes, it is. There's, yeah. There's things that are just called heaps, which are just amalgamated heaps of stuff. Like, there's one that's all refrigerators, and people live in the refrigerators, and so on. There's the diaper swamp, which is basically the whole section of the planet where poo is. There's uh, the boneyard, which is a, a section made out of old construction equipment that's used as, like, a, a running man slash American Gladiators arena. Yeah. I like this part. Um, I didn't like a lot of it, because, uh, again, just stupid sex jokes. The the uh, mountain where everyone lands is called Mount Yamatha. Yay! And uh, then there's also the legendary city of myriad sweaty distractions. I want, I want to read that because I want you to get an idea of how mouthy this fucking book is. They can't just call it, you know, Hidden Sex City or something. It's got to be called the legendary
1: city of myriad sweaty distractions. Yep, no, nothing in this is at all ever just a short to the point thing. It is so annoying and how often that happens. And again, there's a, there's a way you can do comedy with having a few of those, maybe, where if you were trying to make fun of something that was normally fairly long and complicated and you made it longer and more complicated to draw attention to it, sure, that's funny. But when you just take something and you're like, oh, this should be named, like, Mount Grave bones and you're like this is the mountain of skulls and fire that falls down and then you get hurt a bunch and you're like okay fuck off
0: yeah it's it's atrocious it's so annoying it's like the difference between listening to dennis miller tell a series of jokes or listening to your worst nerdiest friend tell one <laughs> there you go yeah that's that's what this is like all right so uh okay um I think we're done. You wanna you wanna go through the the best and least? Yeah, let's let's do it. Okay, John, what is your favorite thing
1: about human occupied landfill? Oh, I know what it is. This
0: this isn't gonna be hard for you. Come on.
1: Yeah, no the the best thing in here is honestly the opener. Yeah that that bit about hey this isn't your first role playing game. We don't give a shit. We're not gonna explain things to you. Obviously, if you're reading this, you've played games before. Mm -hmm. Whatever. I'm like great good piece of not only meta commentary but a good piece of humor based on something you know the reader will be familiar with and it's not just a reference to something it's actually a joke Mm -hmm. well done the only thing in this book that actually fulfills that comedy role yeah absolutely so uh there you go your favorite thing in the book then
0: uh, I, I already said it. it. My favorite thing in this book is the section about the, the areas of the planet and how they are actually dumpsters and stuff. Because a lot of the rest of the book seems to ignore that. Well, so
1: much of the book is about the rest of the galaxy and what these bikers are doing on this galaxy and what the space pope is doing where he is and how the conglomeration of these guys are doing whatever. And I'm like, the whole game takes place on fucking dumpster planet. What do I care?
0: Yeah, Dump- the description of Dumpster Planet, which is a couple pages of description about areas on this world that you can play on, is inventive and interesting. I like that. I like the concept of Lot Two Forty Nine, which is the only fast food place on the planet, which is surrounded by ten thousand square miles of flat top bla- or blacktop concrete, huh. and uh, it's like a Mad Max fight to get to the fast food store. Once you get inside, huh. I thought that was kind of cute. Yeah. So, there, that sort of thing is a great idea. Uh, I, I thought there could have been a lot more of that and a lot less of a whole bunch of other boring stuff. But I did think that section was invented. That's good. Okay, least favorite thing about this book. Okay, least
1: favorite thing about this book... Ooh, you pick. Uh, i got to pick one, and it's going to be the tone. So, throughout the entire thing, it has that terrible, jokey tone, and it never lets up. You need to be able to give rules... Uh, how you play the game, what characters do, things like that, you need to be able to give certain information to players as actual, like, information, not just you making a dumb joke. Right. And that's one of the worst things in this book, is even in other books, like, when we read Buffy, that had a very distinct voice that ran through most of it, but when it was telling me how to hit something, it was like, okay, this is the role, this is how you do it, this is whatever. Whatever. Alright, great. We move on from there. Same thing with like, these are your skills, this is whatever, even if you had a jokey name for it, it was just listing what it did. It eventually gets to the nitty gritty. Yeah. This book is wall to wall. I will not stop being super tongue in cheek, nudge nudge, wink wink. Uh, I just learned that I can say fuck and I'm gonna say it a bunch. Yeah, the that's... whole thing is terrible. Yeah, there you go. I agree. Yeah. So that, that is definitely the worst aspect of this because trying to read it and glean anything is infuriating because it also means you never know when you hit something that's important yeah because you'll just be reading some long dumb diatribe where he went off on something about how he's had too much caffeine and not enough pizza and then all of a sudden there's a rule in there and you're like what what the fuck are you doing yeah put a goddamned chart and a series where you go these are the rules this is what you do and not just "Nah, i'm fucking around and that, I, I can't, I cannot deal with it. Right. Okay. So, anyway, your least favorite. I don't like the whole handwritten thing. Yeah, I figured that would be where you went.
0: Yeah, I, I, I someone's gotta say it. Yeah. It's, it's infuriating. I, I mean, I, when I first opened the book, I was like, oh, this is all handwritten. This is kind of a neat gimmick. Let's see what this, at mi- least, leads to. Let me tell you, you could sell this book as a fetish product for people who want headaches. <laughs> like, have a fetish for having terrible headaches. Cause trying to read this thing over a long period of time is infuriating. It's like being a TA. Yeah, it's not only
1: terribly written, but the actual writing itself, the way it is written, is terrible. The guy can't fucking spell. Like, if you can't spell, you should have an editor and shit.
0: You should write a book that uses a computer and shit. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, it's, it, he constantly, uh, the only thing about the typography I thought was clever was they occasionally used it to make jokes about how this guy can't write. Yeah. But uh, for the most part, it's just infuriating. Huge tracks of just him rambling on about his dumb thoughts about IHOP and shit. And and I've got to I've got to read it all to see if there's a rule in there. And the whole
1: time it's just written in all caps, fucking shitty looking text. It, it, it's infuriating. And it's I mean, there's no like lines on there. It's just blank sheets of paper, which means his writing will occasionally just start to like tilt downwards. Oh yeah. Or off to the side, sometimes or like wrap around things. Sometimes he'll start writing up the side of the page when he finishes
0: a, a, a line. Yeah. It's just oh, it's it's so annoying. I mean, it was cute as a gimmick. If
1: this book was 20 pages long, it would be great. Yeah, no, again, if you're doing handwritten stuff, do it as a journal entry, or something written from the actual literal point of view of a character. Something that is there in-universe would be
0: written down. Or or just if this book was an art project. Like, if all the rules didn't add up to a game that you could possibly play. Like, you know, it's just sort of Ah, look at this! It's sort of a parody of role playing games in general, and no, you can't even play it because whatever. It's just fun, to, fun to yeah, look at. Yeah, if
1: if you had actually made it so it was literally unplayable and didn't put rules in there on how to play, yeah, then sure, that would be a funny art thing that you did to try and fuck with people. Great, right? But no, no, uh, okay. Would
0: you play human occupied landfill? I,
1: I can't imagine. I, I, I mean, I've said this before. I hate pre-gen characters i just hate it i know they're never as funny as what you can come up with your, yourself no and it's always okay i've got to pick one thing that these guys thought were interesting and if i look through their pre-gen characters and i go none of these are interesting to me then i have to go to the whole and say look i had a concept for a guy that isn't fucking stupid and just a reference to a dumb thing can i play that and then I have to get permission to try and play a yeah. character that's useful.
0: Yeah, and, and meanwhile, you've got that problem, the same problem you had in Tales from Floating Vagabond, which is that these are, these pre-gen characters are characters that have one joke. Oh yeah, that's their thing. It's, okay, what am I? Oh, I'm Elvis. That's my joke. Okay, so in in uh, three months when you're still playing this character is the fact that he's Elvis going to still be funny are you still going to be yeah. mining Elvis jokes
1: after I've said well that's a hunk of hunk of burning love for the 50 millionth time it won't
0: be funny the first time you said it because it's written in the book yeah. so they'll just be like yeah that was in the book sometimes he is known as the hunk
1: a hunk of burning love yeah we get it We we all understand
0: yeah which means you have to really dig deep. You have to make a bunch of jokes about convincing Elvis, to, or convincing Nixon to let you uh, fight terrorists. Yeah. That sort of thing. You, you end up running out of these jokes and you still have to keep playing the character. Looney Tunes
1: worked because those cartoons are three minutes long. Oh yeah, you can't play a dumb cartoon character that is essentially just a reference or a one-note joke for an extended campaign. Yeah. That was the problem with uh, Tales from Floating Magmon with those sticks.
0: It's like, your character can have an unlimited source of cream pies. Great, that's awesome. How funny is cream pies going to be 15 adventures from now?
1: Yeah. You're gonna be like, okay, um, I would throw a cream pie at this guy, and everyone's gonna go, yeah, okay, great. Yeah. How much yeah, damage sure. does that do? I don't yeah, sure, know. Yeah, sure, sure, okay, yeah, great, yeah, okay, yeah sure. Yeah. Uh huh. Mark that on your sheet. Yeah, uh huh, awesome, sure.
0: Yeah, that's, that's what's gonna happen. So, there you go. You wouldn't play it because...
1: No. No, okay. I could, I couldn't play it because I couldn't do the pre-gen thing. So would you play human-occupied land to fill?
0: No, Uh, and and I'm going to say it's because of the 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 ranges and stat modifier thing. It's infuriating. I know I'd abstract them all down to numbers, and I'd feel like, why am I playing this shitty game where I I stripped all the parts out of it that are supposed to be the gimmick? Like, if you take everything out of this game that isn't its stupid text gimmick, then you're left with just a, a
1: bad, not very playable game. Oh yeah, honestly, if you just took everything out and left the core rules, you've got what amounts to maybe a page, two pages of... You roll 2d6, add stat and skill, uh, these are your skills, these are your stats, and here's the modifiers. And the modifiers are only difficulty and range. Yeah. That's pretty much it. They
0: also had, um, there was a section in this book that I thought was amazing, because one of the, we keep bringing this up in comparison to Tales from the Floating Vagabond, because it's a very similar thing. A jokey. Yeah, it's a book, jokey sci-fi book. Jokey sci-fi book, exactly. Uh, in Tales from the Floating Vagabond, you are healed after your fight because it's not funny to spend a bunch of time doing bed rest. Not this game, though. This game's too old school uh, game design. You heal one wound a day if you stay in bed. Nothing's funnier than
1: bed rest. We hate everyone. Yeah,
0: it's just so bad. So, no, I wouldn't play this either. It's it's just irritating, and it wouldn't be funny more than for about five minutes. It isn't even funny by the time you finish reading the book. So, trying to sit down and keep using the book, it would be terrible. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, no, it's true. So you know it's a rare occasion where when we judge the the game, we aren't saying that the game isn't a good game, I and mean, we're saying that too. But what we're really saying is this is supposed to be funny, and it's not. It fails
1: on every level. It fails as a game, it fails as a parody of a game, it yeah. fails as a comedy. It's like the Jeff Dunham of role-playing games.
0: <laughs> yes. This game is a woozle. <laughs> and its name is Peanut. <laughs> The only funny thing about Jeff Dunham is a Mystery Science Theater reference to Jeff Dunham. (laughs) Uh, There you have it. That's uh, that's all we have to say about Human Occupied Landfill. Yes, indeed. I'm glad we got it out of the way, because it's one of the games that's on the big list of, you know, a lot of people keep recommending this game to us because it's famous. Yeah, it's famous for being bad. That leaves basically two more of the really big names in bad game design. One of them is uh, Lamentations of the Flame Princess, which is a, uh, I want to say, it's a, I know it's foreign, and I know it's extremely, like, gory, melty bodies and stuff. And, oh, good. And grimdark. And then the other one is Fatal, which, fuck Fatal.
1: Yeah, no. Pretty much. If we end up doing a review of Fatal at some point in the future, just know that you have beaten us down. You have broken us into our component parts and rebuilt us as a shambling mess of terrible ideas. I'm gonna put that on the fucking Patreon. That's
0: gonna be <laughs> that's that's gonna be the five hundred dollar level is you know, if we make it to five hundred dollars, we'll cover Patreon, you goddamned monsters. Or yeah. not Patreon, we'll cover fatal.
1: Yeah. You you horrible monsters. You horrible, terrible people that want us to feel all of the pain.
0: Yeah, no. So There you go. At least we got this bad boy out of the way. Yep. Uh, you got anything else you want to add this week before we...
1: Uh, nope. Just, again, reminder, you can find us on iTunes and Stitcher. Please rate and review us if you want anyone else to find us. If you think the podcast is funny, rating, reviewing, that's how people will find us outside of you telling people about us. And, uh, you can also go ahead and give us suggestions for things we should review in the future. Uh, we are systemmastery at gmail.com We've got our Twitter, at System Mastery. We're System Mastery on Facebook. We're System Mastery everywhere.
0: Yeah, except for the website, which, sadly, SystemMastery.com is owned by some guy selling a series of quack self-help books. So if you want to find us on the internet on our own page, you have to go to SystemMasteryPodcast.com, which you should do right now, because we have another one of our Afterthought polls up and running at the moment. Yeah, that's only going to be up and running for about another week. And then we'll do it on the next Afterthought. So uh stop by and let us know the the uh, officially fair best ninja turtle where we actually put all the ninja turtles listed and uh what else do we have on there? We have the one that's uh, uh is is listener John wasting his life. Oh, and the the uh, hard mode best Nick Cage character yes. question. Which is uh by the the name of Nick Cage's character only. So you can't say things like Nick Cage from Wicker Man.
1: No, you have to know the name of the character.
0: That's right. So, that's on there. So stop by and answer that poll and get the numbers up so we can discuss it on next week's afterthought. Uh, as always, if you have any comments about Human Occupied Landfill, just leave them in the section below on the page or send them to us on Twitter or whatever. Send us all the requests or the Twitter comments you've got. Uh, just know that, that, if you send us comments about an episode from like two years ago and it's telling us that there's a better game, we're cool. Yeah. We, we know already. We're, we're,
1: we are aware that there are
0: better games than we review. We are filthmongers. Our, our job is filth. <laughs> We we don't want to hear about good
1: games. We want other people to know about good games. They're not for us. We don't deserve them. No, we are not deserving of a good game. All we deserve is filth and a dumpster living in a human occupied landfill. Roll credits. Good night.